and welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Francis Harry. I'm so happy to present to you this talk given by Deacon Rusty Baldwin. He's a member of the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites in Dayton, Ohio. The title of this talk is The Holy Trinity, the Seventh Mansion, and the Sacrament of Matrimony. He covers some pretty deep thoughts here. We're all very uh, used to the material world that we see through our senses. And as Carmelites, we ponder the spiritual realm quite a lot. And Deacon Baldwin goes into that to some extent and then expounds upon it what the Holy Trinity, the Seventh Mansion, and the Sacrament of Matrimony have in common. And I think the this talk will uh, help point you to that one thing that is most important and then will help you to understand this journey on the way of perfection in a better way and draw you closer to God. We knew that the spiritual realm is uh, more of a reality to us than the material in the sense that it is what brings us closer to God and yet we often get stuck on the material world. So um, Deacon Baldwin does a very good job of explaining this to us. And I think it will help you understand uh, it very clearly. So without further ado, I introduce you to Deacon Baldwin. When we think of reality, of what is real, our frame of reference is almost invariably the visible, sensible universe. This ambo is real, for instance. You can see it and touch it. It's, it's made of wood. I, too, am real. You can see, touch, and hear me. Not only that, but from the neck up, my head is probably filled with stuff quite similar in density to what this ambo is made of. It's because of our five senses that we tend to equate the sensible and the real. And this is perfectly natural, for God gave us our senses to help us navigate the visible universe we live in. But the visible universe is only part of God's creation, and as glorious, wonderful, and good as it is, it's not the greatest part of creation nor is it the most real either. The visible universe is but an image of the invisible. And the invisible part of creation, the angels, heaven, our souls, and other realities like love, justice, and virtue, the spiritual part of creation, if you will, are more real than anything here on earth, for they are nearer to God. But for now, such invisible realities are more difficult for us to perceive directly, which is why St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. 
Even within our very person, we have a visible and invisible part. We are a psychosomatic unity of body and soul, distinct, but to be fully human, inseparable. A body without a soul is a corpse. A soul without a body is a ghost. But at the final judgment, our body and soul, separated in death, will be reunited for all eternity. That is why in the creed we profess, I believe in the resurrection of the body. Therefore, who we are spans both the material and spiritual world, the visible and the invisible. And especially as Carmelites, we need to both recognize and be sensitive to the fact that what we see and experience here on earth, however beautiful and precious, is but a visible and faint image of the glory and goodness of the unseen reality it is an image of and inseparable from. And the unseen reality we are an image of is the Holy Trinity. The book of Genesis plainly tells us we are made in the image of God. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Now, the Holy Trinity is not only the central and most profound mystery of our faith, but also the most central and most profound and supreme reality. Nothing is more real than the Holy Trinity, for all that is, being itself, has its origin in the three divine persons of the Holy Trinity, who have the most profound unity and at the same time the most intimate loving and fruitful of relationships. In love, the Father generates. Through love, the Son is begotten. And by love, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. That is why in the Catechism we read, and I love this quote, God is one, but not solitary. And in that unity, the Father is holy in the Son and holy in the Holy Spirit. The Son is holy in the Father and holy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is holy in the Father and holy in the Son. Nevertheless, the divine persons are really distinct from one another. God is one, but not solitary. Is not the sacrament of marriage also an image of the Holy Trinity? The two shall become one flesh. In marriage, the spouses are one, but not solitary. And their love is fruitful. From the unity of the two becoming one, a new person can come into existence. That is what makes the sacrament of marriage holy and sacred. It is an image of the most holy trinity. And what is the essence of marriage? That is, what makes marriage marriage and nothing else? It's not the vows. Though an essential part of marriage, vows aren't the essence of marriage. 
Members of the military take vows, too, to uphold and defend the Constitution, so the vow can't be the essence of marriage. Neither is merely living together. Many people live together who are not married or even related. And I'm sure we could come up with other examples of what the essence of marriage is not. So what then is the essence of marriage? Isn't the essence of marriage, isn't the essence of this visible image of the Holy Trinity a total, complete, mutual self-giving, a self-giving that holds nothing back, a mutual self-giving such that a man is holy in the woman and the woman is holy in the man. The two become one flesh, one but not solitary. Isn't that what makes marriage, marriage and nothing else? And what results from this total mutual self-giving? It is nothing else but love. A love that joyfully accepts children, the supreme gift of marriage. A love that grows ever deeper with time because its source is the infinite love shared by the divine persons of the Holy Trinity. So too with spiritual marriage. In spiritual marriage, we are united to God. We become one. So much so, St. Teresa tells us, that it seems as though our soul no longer exists. We become one with him but we are not solitary. Listen to how St. Teresa describes spiritual marriage as she experienced it in the seventh mansion. First, St. Teresa says, the soul is brought into this mansion where the most holy trinity reveals itself in all three persons. Here, all three persons communicate themselves to the soul and speak to the soul. She goes on to describe the many wonderful effects produced in the soul as a result of spiritual marriage. Note how these effects correspond exactly to that most read of passages at weddings from 1 Corinthians 13 where St. Paul describes love. These effects include a self-forgetfulness which is so complete that it really seems as though the soul no longer existed. So entirely is she employed with seeking the honor of God. Love is not jealous, is not pompous, is not inflated. There is produced in the soul a great desire to suffer and the soul bears no enmity to those who ill-treat them. Love does not brood over injury. The soul has a marked detachment from everything, experiences no aridities or interior trials, but always maintains a tender love for the Lord, wanting always to give Him praise. Love does not seek its own interests, but rejoices in the truth. 
The soul experiences almost constant tranquility. Love is patient. Love is kind. The soul has no lack of crosses, but they do not unsettle the soul's peace. Love endures all things. The soul loses its fear and acquires great strength to serve the Lord and the church. Love believes all things, hopes all things. The soul is ready to bear any cross for the love of the bridegroom. Love bears all things. The soul experiences the almost constant presence of the bridegroom. Love never fails. Brothers and sisters, it is only through total and complete self-giving and nothing else that we become one with God. Only in this way will we journey through the mansions of the interior castle and arrive at the threshold of the seventh mansion. There, our heavenly bridegroom woos us, bids us come into the innermost chamber where he dwells, the bridal chamber where we become one with him. Love of God and love of neighbor carries us across the threshold where the unity we so long for is finally consummated in an eternal embrace of love.